Well, hey, what's going on? Happy Friday. Nick Kirby here. Welcome to Chatterbox Reds, proudly sponsored by DSC Commodities. This is your home for daily Reds content all spring training long. We've got new episodes seven days a week, recapping each of the Reds Cactus League games. And yes, even on Saturday and Sunday, we'll have new podcasts each morning, recapping the game from the day before. Well, the Reds play the Dodgers on Thursday night. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And later on, an interview with the man known as Paco that I think you all will really enjoy. But first, I want to be sure to tell you about our proud sponsor. That is, of course, Deep South Commodities. DSC is a leader in renewable commodities for biofuel production, specializing in used cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks so much to John and all of our friends over at DSC for their support and making everything we do here at Chatterbox Reds possible. All right, well, Reds and Dodgers out in Goodyear, Arizona. First night game, and yes, it was on TV on the MLB Network, so that was great to see. And we got to see Graham Ashcraft get off to a great start. He was really just sharp over his two innings of work. Ashcraft got going right away, struck out Mookie Betts swinging to get the game started. He proceeded to go two innings, didn't allow a hit, didn't allow a run, two strikeouts, just one walk. Uh, going up against uh, the majority of that mighty Dodgers lineup, minus the guy known as Shohei Otani. Here's what Graham Ashcraft had to say after the game. It felt good. Uh, foot's the best it's felt yet, you know, especially having that little ground ball to get over, trusting it and just knowing that I can trust it to be able to get over like that. It felt, felt really good. I'm just trying to stay within my mechanics right now and just trying to stay in my legs and my lower half and making sure the arm's in the right spot. and just happened. Four-seam cutter, whatever y'all call it. It was good. I mean, we were throwing it away to righties. I mean, it was coming all the way back across the plate. So it was it was good. Able to keep it in the zone. Able to follow it up with the cutter. Slider. Still had to work on keeping it in the zone. It's kind of getting away from me today. Threw one change up to Altman, I think. But it was, it was a good day. It good, felt good to kind of ramp it back up and be have another team across the lines. Other pitchers for the Reds. Uh, Alexis Diaz even topped Graham Ashcraft. He struck out the side all swinging. Last strikeout was another one of Mookie Betts. TJ Antone pitched a solid inning as well. Uh, he struck out Jason Hayward swinging. Got Will Smith to line out. And then Teoscar Hernandez to ground out. Uh, Buck Farmer, perfect inning of work. He struck out two, uh, including James Altman and uh, Gavin Lux, both swinging. Only downside uh, on the mound on... Thursday night for the Reds was Fernando Cruz. He uh, gave up a walk and then an absolute bomb to Mookie Betts, who had struck out twice before he finally got his uh, due against uh, Fernando Cruz. On the offensive side, Ellie. Ellie De La Cruz, he was on base twice, a single and a walk. Great to see. Uh, Edwin Arroyo, he stayed hot. He hit a opposite field double off the wall. The ball just kept carrying, carrying, kind of fooled the left fielder. Um, Arroyo now hitting 571. This uh, spring so far, Christian Encarnacion Strand, he crushed a ball off the center field wall. The wall in Goodyear goes out 410 feet. See, yes, then stretched it into a triple. Uh, Jamer Candelario, he got his first hit of the spring. That was great to see. Tyler Stevenson, he did walk, but he's now 0 for 8 this spring as he failed to get a hit on Thursday night. Jake Fraley, tough night at the plate. He was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. The first two at-bats were against lefties. 
James Paxton and um, Alex Vesia. Um, so Fraley's you know struggles against lefties are well documented. Um, but yeah, that's what happened on uh, Thursday night. Oh, and I didn't tell you the Reds won five four. How about that? <laughs> Reds won five four. The Dodgers. Reds just four and one so far in Cactus League play. So uh, Reds playing good baseball. How much does it mean? I don't know. But hey, it's fun to be winning as opposed to uh, losing any time. All right. Let's get to our interview. This is a really good one, a little longer than normal, uh, but I think it's really good stuff with uh, uh, my guy Paco, a.k.a. uh, Matt Allaire. He's been a Twitter Reds OG for a long time. Follow Matt. He's provided all kinds of great content throughout the years. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview. Here's Paco. All right. I'm joined now by Matt Allaire. You probably know him, especially if you are a Reds Twitter OG, as Paco on Twitter. I'm calling you Paco because that's what I know you as. Paco, what's going on, my man? I'm good. How are you? I'm honored to be here. Big fan of the pod, so I was ecstatic when you asked me to be on. I'm really yeah. looking forward to this. Long long overdue. Long overdue having you on. Uh, I'm bad about remembering everyone that I want to get on, and uh, I often do these last moments, and when I found out that you were like me, you like to record podcasts uh, at the uh, – uh midnight hour i was like this is a guy for me we're gonna do this so often from here on out uh paco so we had a game tonight reds and dodgers of course last night if you're listening to this on friday morning uh on television on mlb network i know you were pumped about that right i was ecstatic i was so happy that we could watch a reds game happening in spring training i go to my youtube tv and mlb network's not on youtube tv anymore so I found other ways to watch the game, but at least there were options to watch the game, right? It, it, it feels like we're in the year 2024 and every local high school has the ability to put their games on YouTube. I, I would I would hope that in the future we'll be able to nail that down for Major League Baseball. But, you know, I'm happy we got to watch it. Yeah, I would I would hope so as well. And we, we've ranted about that long enough. Uh, we'll uh, we'll save that one for another day. But. What was kind of just your, your overall impressions on the uh, the game tonight? Reds improved a four and one here in Cactus League play. We just keep winning. It's great. I I mean, it's obviously if it's spring training doesn't mean anything, but the pitching that we needed to look good looked really good tonight. Not everybody was perfect. Uh, Fernando Cruz gave up a bomb to Mookie, which I can't really be that upset about because it's Mookie and he just made a great play on it, but. Every guy that we needed to do well looked really strong. Buck Farmer looked really good. Antone looked really good. Alexis Diaz looked disgusting. They could not touch his fastball. I think he had three swinging strikeouts, if I recall correctly. And Ashcraft was doing what he does best, which is just inducing bad contact left and right. So I I have loved what we've seen from the pitching staff so far this spring. I'm sure you have too. Some of the hitting has been a little, you know, here and there at times, especially with some of the star guys. But I don't know how you can't be excited about this team right now. Just looking at the pitching alone. Yeah, Dodgers had a, you know, they didn't have Shohei Otani in the lineup, but they uh, they had most of their their regulars out there. And, uh, I mean, you never know what individual players are working on, what pitchers are working on. When Fernando Cruz gives us a bomb, you, you just say, yeah, he's working on something, I'm sure. But... But uh, yeah, you watch the Dodgers tonight, and I, I completely forgot they signed Teoscar Hernandez. He was like the 17th <laughs> footnote of the offseason, and this guy's like an all-star caliber player. Um, just a, a ridiculous lineup, but good to see the Reds pitchers uh, pitch really well uh, uh, against that that lineup. Um, 
couple of the standout players tonight. Just going to ask you about that before we get into some of the other uh, topics that I know I want to talk with you about. Um, Edwin Arroyo and Christian Encarnacion and Strand both had big nights tonight. They did. Edwin Arroyo's double was a ball that just kept on flying out to left field. It seemed like, I don't know if the outfielder misjudged it or if it just like kept carrying, but it that thing just kept on going. And if he is able to hit at a clip that is even serviceable at the major league level, he's going to make life very difficult <laughs> for the front office come midway through this season. Because if he is even sniffing, what, like 270 in AAA? If he's like, if he's hitting well enough, and he, we know his glove is all-star caliber. I don't feel like that's overstating how good his glove potential is. His bat is more of the question. And if he is able to continually produce in spring and then he comes into AAA and he looks strong, I don't. I, I would imagine he'd start the year at AAA. I, I think he's going to look. I, I, I think Edwin is putting himself in a position where Nick Crawl is going to be like, I mean, we already have a log gym in the infield, but, you know. <laughs> it's a great problem to have, Nick. It's a great problem to have. Uh, and CES took a triple to center that I don't even know how he got the power he did on it. That dude is just so strong. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see like a Jay Bruce esque home run season from him. I don't know if we'll get like 40 or plus, but I could definitely see a world where we get 30 plus home runs out of him this season if he's connecting like he is right now. He might be our, our best hope at having. Um, Adam Dunn type power again. I mean, and that's that's yeah. uh, you know that's one of the best power hitters Reds have ever had. But look, if, right. if there's anyone that we've seen it in recent memory uh, that maybe has that potential, uh, it might be him. All right. Well, I want to switch gears. Uh, I know that you are a full fledged card carrying member of the Sal Stewart fan club. As I'm, as am I. Maybe not as far as you, but I, I love it. Tell me about Sal Stewart and uh, what what. What is your affinity with uh, with our guy? All right. So I have gotten really into prospecting a lot, especially within the last year or two. A lot of that's thanks to Mr. Bryce Spalding, who I, I followed a while back and got me into it a decent amount. And I started really diving into it a lot more on my own. Just baseball guys are awesome, by the way. Anyways, that aside, Sal Stewart is one of the most exciting Reds prospects that I've seen at least, especially that's currently in our system. He may not be the number one guy with the, all the tools compared to like guys like Cam Collier or Alfredo Duno or the, I don't know, Carlos Jorge's of the world. He might not have all these outstanding tools, but this dude's mental is, some of, is one of the best I've ever seen. It is out of this world. He has a work ethic that I, I believe in more than anything else, just because of his work ethic. I listened to a podcast a little while back that had like a hundred views. I strongly recommend it to any Reds fans who are interested in prospecting. It's an interview that he did with like an old family friend of his where he just sits down for an hour. I believe it's called life after sports or the transition podcast, something along those lines. You can look it up on YouTube. It's an outstanding interview. If you're interested in what's going on with the Reds, go listen to that. He is going to shoot up this red system and he's going to create even more problems in the short term, the combo of him and Cam Collier in Dayton this year is going to be a lot of fun. If you're in the Dayton area and you're not going to Dragons game this year and you're a Reds fan, you're making a mistake. Yeah, they're going to keep shuffling prospects in and out of there, too. Like the, the guys they send to the AAA, they're going to replace probably with uh, 
some other guys that uh um uh signing like the international signings and things like that but yeah south stewart i mean when you put up the kind of numbers that he put up in that league it, it really catches my attention because you don't see guys in that league put up the kind of numbers that he did so um, and, and, and it's one of his first games in Dayton. He hits a walk-off home run. I, I know this is single A, but this guy walks into like essentially a brand new team and immediately has an enormous clutch hit. I, look, he's a ways off. He's probably probably won't see him until at least 2025, if not 2026. I my bet is on 2025, but it would be late in the season. But 2026 is probably reasonable. But this next wave of Reds prospects that are coming through is super exciting. And I think that he has, he keeps getting better. He keeps getting faster. His speed grade coming into last year was pretty meh. And he worked on it dramatically. He's stealing bags. He, he's a big boy. This is not a small guy. And he is actively stealing bags. So I'm, I'm just very excited about what he could be long-term just because uh, I believe in who he is and all the tools that he has around him. I'm very excited. <laughs> Side tangent. It's, it's weird how so many players like talk about in the off season. I'm working on speed. I increased my speed. Like I don't, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I don't remember. Like I know Stuart Fairchild, there was a article from yeah. Charlie goals with about him. He, he worked on his sprint speed all off season. I was like, when did this happen to become a thing? But I guess it's cool. And I guess it's just another, you know, tool that these guys have to uh, make them more valuable. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at what the team is right now, there are not very many slow guys on this team, and that's intentional. There's, It's not by accident that everybody on this team can steal bags at will. It's clearly part of the philosophy, and I think that they're just trying to make that trickle down all the way so that it just becomes organizational, which is very exciting because it's a fun style of baseball. Uh, so I'm really excited about what that could mean, and I mean, you got, you got, we're going to bring a Bubba Thompson in back to back. And as I mean, if you're bringing guys like him in, you're, it's all about speed. <laughs> all right. I have to ask you about Joey Votto because I know you, as a content creator, made some of the <laughs> absolute most gold Joey Votto content throughout the years. Obviously, I'm assuming, unless you live under a rock or you are probably smarter than, than us and don't have social media, uh, you've, uh, uh, you saw the the sad Joey Votto playful videos about someone please sign me. Matt, is this just breaking your heart? You know, it's weird because I've gone through so many variations of roller coasters with where I'm at mentally with this. And I think I'm just now at peace. I think that as Reds fans, it just it was very weird not seeing him at spring training. Like the first day, and it's just there's no Joey Votto content is very bizarre. Um, but I think that we all saw this cup. Like nobody's really surprised right now. I, I made a concerted effort to go down to uh great American for his last game because I had a feeling <laughs> that was not going to get renewed. And I think a lot of Reds fans there could feel it too. I think that a lot of people really want him to come back just because he is Cincinnati Reds baseball and has been for 10 plus years. He's been the team. Like, if you really want to break it down to you ask the average person in Cincinnati or Dayton or anywhere in Kentucky, who who's on the Reds is Joey Votto. So I think that a lot of people are looking for that stability in a sense. But I, I just it doesn't really make any sense for us. I mean, if Mike Ford is coming in on a minor league deal, 
He had a better season than Votto not that long ago. I love Joey Votto to death. I, I don't know what major league team is going to give him everyday playing time. I would love to see it happen, especially with like a Toronto or a Minnesota or somewhere where he can really just kind of be in the AL and away from us like that. <laughs> that would be nice. Um, but I also don't think it's out of the question that he ends up internationally somewhere. I think that he wants to play every day. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that's even a real possibility, but I think that he wants to play baseball every day, clearly, right? Otherwise, he would have been signed with the team already. But I think that a lot of people have this very skewed perception of him, which I don't really blame them for, because it just comes from a love for who he is as a player. So I don't know what my point out of all of that is, but I think that I'm going to miss him a lot but I also am fully at peace with understanding why he's not back. And I think it's a good decision as much as that sucks. The international, I, I haven't thought of that. That would kind of be like the most Joey. Votto Tell me that's not a Joey ever. Votto thing like, to do, dude. Tell me that's I, not the most Joey Votto thing ever. That, <laughs> like anything. Just I'm go just over and be a legend. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't think that actually will happen, but if, I mean, if it did, nobody would be like, Oh, Joey Votto's doing something a little out of ordinary. I don't think that would be that crazy. But I think yeah. that at the end of the day, he's going to do what makes him happy. And I don't see a world where he goes into coaching. I feel pretty confident that he's he still wants to play baseball. Um, but we'll see, dude. He's an enigma. We don't know what's going on in that dude's head. Outside of the Instagram stories, which is still not even a really good look into his head. Because I don't even know how to interpret those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea either. All right, uh, let's get into our last topic with you. Your season predictions. What are you? Uh, what are you predicting happens this season for the old Red Lakes? I, I'm going to break this down into a few different pieces because I think that this team is. Here's where I'm at, Nick. All right, I keep going back and forth with. I am so high on this team. I think that this is a World Series potential team. And then I have to constantly walk myself back in my head to have realistic expectations. And then I spend time going through our lineup and going through our pitching staff and going through like the depth that we have. If people stay, if our team stays healthy, I don't see a world where this is not a contender. And I'm not saying this is definitely a World Series team. I'm not saying this is definitely going to make a deep run, but they are, I think that we have the pieces to be capable of doing that. And I, I don't think that's a crazy, I think most people feel that way about this team. Um, I, I do think that we see Ellie really make the jump that we know he's capable of. I, I, I don't, when a guy has all the tools that he has available to him and the competitiveness that he has and all the resources available to him, I just, I don't see a world where he just struggles for an entire season. again. And when you look at the last month of last season, there were some greatly improved at-bats. And the data backs that up. He's everything got better in the last month. Now he switched his swing up a lot this offseason. It's definitely more contained now. He's not doing that giant leg kick. He's not doing, you know, it's not as theatrical, I would say. But I mean, that dude is so strong. I'm I'm just I'm very high on Ellie. I think he's gonna have a really good year. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him be like the breakout star this year. And, I mean, is there anybody more marketable than him? I don't think so. Not on this team. <laughs> I think next, I think Novi Marte, I, I, you look at the NL uh, Rookie of the Year odds, 
And I don't understand why he's not higher up that list. Everything that we've seen from him so far is that he's a very strong fielder at third. And his bat plays. I'm I'm really optimistic about what his season could look like. I'm curious what you're thinking about Noel Marte because he's in a weird spot with he's a little bit behind where the rest of that group was um, in terms of when he came up to Cincinnati. But it didn't really feel like it. Like when he got up, he felt like as polished as any of them. And I just I, I'd be surprised if he's not. I, I don't see a world where he's not with the team the full season. I, I think he's just that valuable. Um, I think any suggestion that he won't be on the team the full season is a little out barring injury. I don't, I don't see a world where that happens, but I'm curious where you're at with him. Yeah, I, uh, I'm super high on Noel V. Marte's long-term uh, value to this team. Um, I preached for a long time. You got to get India off second base because Marte's coming. He's the future. He's going to take third and you're going to move like, like we see now. Um, Having said that, uh, I also I also have said I think Marte is the guy I'd be looking to extend right now, as more than anyone except for Ellie, which Ellie is you know kind of a whole other animal. But yeah. I think he's the most realistic contract extension right now, just because of his age and all that. I do try to be a little cautious with Marte and my expectations for him in 2024 because he was so far ahead of schedule. I could not believe how well he performed in September. And usually when someone performs way above what a guy is, who's as optimistic as anyone as I am expectations, there's probably going to be some sort of fallback. So I, I think that, that Marte is the one guy on this team that I think as a fan base, we should grant the most grace to if he struggles uh, just because he really had no business starting third base in a playoff race at the end of the year, just kind of where he was in his progression. And even was hurt last year in the minor leagues and right. still progressed all the way through. So I'm as high as anyone on his long-term future. I think he's going to be a better player than Matt McClain. I'll say it right now, but in 2024, I could see him struggling, but I could also see him winning rookie of the year. Like you said, right. I think it's possibly the way, but I, I, I just think I, I, I we, we need to give him some grace. I, I would agree with that too. And then, and that's also not a slight to Matt McClain at all. That's more yeah. that you think Noelby Marte is going to be that good long-term. Oh, yeah. I do think that he has some stability to him. I, I think the reason I'm so high, I want to wait until I see him struggle <laughs> at the major league level until I really like start to worry about him. Uh, because we haven't really seen, at least in my opinion, him struggle that much. He's looked very comfortable in the field. He's looked very comfortable you know, the numbers are like, okay, but he was only up for what month and a half, two months ish, yeah. give or take. I don't know. And, I don't remember. And, exactly and didn't even play. It wasn't day. that long. It was, yeah. It and was he didn't play all the time. Scattered. And, yeah. All that said, I'm high on him. It's a little bit of a bold prediction to think he will be in the rookie of the year contention, but I, I am optimistic that he's going to have a good season. Um, just because I think that, you know, high waters raises all ships with this team. And I think that that's going to be contagious within this roster. I'm I'm I listen, it's it's gonna be very optimistic for me. And I know that. I know that, you know, there's people out there who uh, think this team is gonna regress big time. And I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see a world where they fall below their win total that's projected. I'd be very surprised at that. I could see them like hitting it or be like right around it, but 
I don't know, man. I think this team has a very high ceiling. And speaking of which is Will Benson. That's the that's the number one guy this year that I want to see the most from. If Will Benson shows up this year and is even close to what he was last year, towards the second half of the season when he came back up, he might be an all-star. If he does what he did last year again, like in the remove the first half of the season. <laughs> if we remove that before he figured it out or whatever you want to call it, he spoke with Sensei Vado or whatever. He he looked outstanding when he came back up. And I mean, he was a first round pick for a reason. You know what I mean? I think that his age probably gives people a little pause and how long it took him to get through the system and his initial struggles. But I don't know, man. I, I think he has as much of a ceiling as anybody on this roster, even though he's one of the quote unquote older guys, which I don't know if you really want to call him an older guy on this team, but I guess he is by, <laughs> by association with the younger guys. Um, and I, I mean, I think this team wins the NL Central. That's really what it comes all down to. I think that the other teams in the NL Central are much improved from last season. And I think that it's not going to be easy. Uh, I don't think this team runs away with it or anything. But I think this team is as good as any team in the NL Central with potential to be better. And that's kind of where I'm. I'm curious where you're at. Because I, I, I listen all the time and I, I know that you're an optimistic guy like me, but you also try to keep it in check. So that's why I'm uh, I'm curious where you're at, what you think of those up to this point. <laughs> I I think the Reds, I, I would, let me say this, I would be disappointed if they didn't make the postseason this year. I, I, don't I would know agree with I, that. I don't know if I t- I'm going to say I'm predicting them to win the NL Central. Um, I, I, I still think that the Cardinals roster is better even though that pitching staff's like kind of gross but i i think top to bottom they have the most talent but they have a, a lot of questions every single team in this division has a lot of questions on them um the reds no question i think have the highest ceiling and i don't even think it's very close with the I rest of the that. division um but i i think where the reds if they win the division it's probably going to be with their depth it, it, it's because the reds don't have any elite hitters right now they don't have any joey prime joey vados now could ellie be that guy yeah could ces be that guy yeah but they're not there yet um and, and so like they're not going to wow you on any given night from from the perspective of you know they have this lead hitter that just can always kind of carry them but they're going to have nine hitters every night that are going to be at least average and that in right. itself wins a lot of games or you know, wins 55% of the games and it, it it slowly trickles. And then the, the rotation, I mean, like Carson Spires and Lion Richardson are 10th and 11th on the depth chart right now. Right. There's so, you know, you're not going to have wasted starts. And I think teams like the St. Louis Cardinals, they're going to be throwing guys like the Reds through last year to have to survive this year because they don't have the same kind of depth. They had to sign three pitchers just to get five. Um, so, so that's where I think the Reds could win the division. I'm not going to go out and say like, they're going to win it, but I think they can. I, I don't, I don't know. Maybe when we get closer to opening day, I'll make a, a, a surefire one way or the other. I'm, I'm still trying to kind of, you know, feel it out. And then the, the Cubs still, they might not be done. So that's the other wrench in this. If they go out and sign Blake Snell and JD Martinez, 
then okay, you probably go well. Yeah, they're probably the things case. can change. Things can definitely change, and this division is so good that I think that one of the teams that's expected to be good will struggle a lot. Whether that's the Cubs, whether it's the Cardinals, whether the Brewers struggle for the first time in a millennia, I'm not sure. The Pirates are sneaky good. I don't know if they're good enough to win the division this year. I don't. I think there's too many other good teams this season for them, and they're a little ways off. But they're not going to be easy wins this year. I know you've talked about that before. They're not. And you, I know you just talked to a Pirates guy today. They're not going to be an easy team to beat. This is not last year's Pirates <laughs> or the year before. This is going to be a difficult team. I still, I love our odds. I love if you if you made me place a bet right now, though, it would be on the Reds. I just don't. And part of that is being a homer, and I'm aware of that. But you just look at the lineup from top to bottom. You got CES hitting seventh, Nick. You got Jake Fraley, like, just kind of an afterthought on this team right now. And he was one of our best players last year. Again, yeah, I mean, the depth from top to bottom is just outstanding. Yeah, no no question. If you're talking plus 430, I'm taking the Reds. Maybe I also might take the Pirates at plus 1600. But if you're talking one of the, the four, um, I, I would take the Reds. Or maybe, honestly, maybe the Brewers, like, are plus 550 that's pretty good too that's i would not, not i, I would mean, not the brewers are i weird, wouldn't man i would not i wouldn't touch the, anything you know, in the nl central this season by the way I well have. yeah well <laughs> if, would you, I. <laughs> if you are i wouldn't touch the cardinals or the cubs even though i think they could win they're just like plus 145 and plus 210 this division is too much of a toss-up to to not be getting yeah. that much juice but i'm still upset about losing my plus 6,000 ticket from preseason last year so i don't want to <laughs> you know i'm still upset about that one <laughs> Uh, I guess my last point with it is I think, and this is my maybe boldest prediction, is that Connor Phillips ends up near the top of the rotation by the end of the season. I think Ooh. this guy, if he figures out his command, his stuff is as good as anybody in the league. And we've seen it already. We've seen what he's capable of when he's in command. And I think that, it, it, again, this is bold because if he doesn't find his command, he might spend his whole season in AAA. Like that is also an outcome here. Guy's a computer. I, I'm excited to see what he does. I, I'm pretty high on Connor Phillips just because his stuff is so good that if he's able to even slightly figure it out command-wise and gets comfortable, that's an arm that's very exciting that could end up really helping us in the playoffs. So, you know, I'm thinking ahead here, Nick. I, I like it. You know, he's probably going to start the year in AAA, and I think he's going he's gonna to have a chip on his shoulder when he comes back up. Um, he will come up at some point that there's no question about it. He'll, he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll make 10, 15 starts at, at minimum, I think, but I have no yeah. doubt of that. All right. Well, Paco, before I get you out of here, uh, where can we find you this summer? You're going to be at some Reds games. What are you going to be doing this summer? I want to be all over the place. I'm going to try to get to as many Reds games as I can. I'll be working to, I just accepted a job, uh, with the Louisville bats down, nice. helping running their track man and helping run in tech for them down there. So I'm excited about that. So I'll be down in Louisville for a decent amount of the year. Um, but I'll, I'll be in Cincinnati pretty much every chance I get. Uh, I want to see this team in person as many times as possible. And, you know, I'm just excited for another year of Reds baseball, Nick. It's It's been a long time since I've been this excited, as a lot of us have been this excited. And it's contagious. I'm I The biggest thing is I'm just excited to see the full Reds country West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio, the whole area in full force. Because if this team is good, it's going to be mania. And I'm very excited about that. 
Fantastic. Well, congrats on the uh, the new gig down in Louisville. If you're able to disclose any of the Trackman stuff, give us any insider. I'd love to talk more <laughs> about that. And uh, also, I guess you'll be you'll be seeing the the bats. So we'll have to get some reports on the uh, the bats this summer. Yeah. Uh, I'll be all over the Connor Phillips beat. I got you. All right. I love it. Well, really appreciate your time, Paco. You're the best. Uh, and uh, uh, if you want to follow Paco, all of his uh, socials and everything are down below in the episode notes. So thanks again, Paco. Have a great have a great night, man. Thank you, too. Have a good one, Nick. All right. Well, the Reds will be back in action. 8.05 p.m. on Friday night. Another night game. A good year against the Diamondbacks. Fortunately, no TV tonight. Just be on 700 WLW. Uh, Reds, Brandon Williamson will be getting the start. Uh, Carson Spires, Brent Suter, Casey Legamina, and Tyler Gilbert scheduled to pitch uh, after Williamson. Reds will be going up against some pretty uh, solid Major League pitchers for the Diamondbacks, including uh, Slade Ciccone, uh, Ryan Thompson, Miguel Castro, and uh, Joe Maniply. So that'll be again 8.05 p.m. Uh, a good year against the Diamondbacks on 700 WLW. Well, thanks so much to everyone for listening today. Really appreciate all of your support. If you have not subscribed to Chatterbox Reds, wherever you listen to this podcast, make sure you do that right now. As mentioned, new podcast seven days a week, all spring. The place you can get um, a recap of each game and what's going on with the Reds in Cactus League play. And then if you could do me a quick favor, uh, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. We haven't got a lot of reviews in a while. We could really use some. That helps us. Um, helps give our show a little bit of credibility uh, as we get closer to opening day. Of course, Friday is uh, a day, Monday through Friday. So off the bench, we'll be live on Chatterbox Sports, 10 a.m. to noon. So be sure to check that out. Be talking Reds, talking Bengals, talking uh, college hoops. Uh, big games this weekend for some of the local teams. Uh, the guys will be talking about that 10 a.m. to noon on Chatterbox Sports. And they talked about it on off the bench on Thursday, but we are going on a road trip starting on Monday, We're going all across the country. We'll be going to Fall Island Fieldhouse. We're going to Nuggets and an Avalanche game out in Denver, Grand Canyon, and more. Uh, they keep adding more and more stuff to the itinerary, so I'm really looking forward to that. We'll eventually be making our way out to Goodyear, Arizona around March 12th for the week, so hopefully you'll have a whole bunch of really great Reds content for you that week, uh, catching the Reds down in spring training. So be sure to follow Chatterbox Sports on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We're going to have all kinds of great content from this trip. All the links to all of the Chatterbox uh, channels and socials are in the links below. And don't worry, we'll still find a way to have a podcast every single day, even when we're on the road covering the spring training for the Reds. Well, I hope that you have a fantastic Friday. Hope you have an even better weekend. And most importantly, go Reds. 